So, you know, guys, one of the things that I found was really interesting in that piece that we just heard is it does kind of talk about how American views of vacation sort of come full circle and and that we're now partly because of technology in a moment where people aren't really vacating in the way that they did before. And what's striking about that to me is that if you go back to early America, they also, I think, didn't have a sense of, you know, capital V, vacation uh, as, mm-hmm. a, as a thing to do, that it meant going away somewhere exotic. I think when you look through their writings, when they talk about vacation, vacation just means not working. And I Seems think like that was all it meant. concept, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, I know. Oh my gosh, not working. I think that's all it meant. And I think also that um, it was not easy to take a vacation in that time period. And then that matters too, right? Because travel was so hard. The technology right. of travel was so, in a sense, primitive that, you know, you had to take a horse and then a carriage and then a boat and then another carriage and then you had to walk and it had to be a pretty wonderful destination that I would be going to if I was willing to do all of that trekking just to get there. Well, you know, there's an interesting continuity across uh, from the late 18th century across the entire 19th century that kind of fits into what Cindy Aaron was saying. Uh, If you wanted to have a vacation and you didn't want to feel guilty about it, you could do it for your health is the story mm-hmm. that people told themselves. Uh. And so... The, Hot the, springs. The, exactly. You go to the springs yeah. and it requires being there for maybe two, three months in the summer. It just happens to be cooler and happens to be great food and all kinds of attractive people to to flirt with. But other than that, it's really there for your health. Um, and I, I think about the story uh, after the Civil War when railroads started uh, reaching into the South and uh, a lot of Northerners were coming South uh, to the mountains or other places for their health. And one visitor goes to South Georgia, which is pretty much just filled with pine trees, but that was considered good for your health if you had a lung problem. And the, the visitor looks around and says, what, what do you folks raise here? And the farmer says, well, sick Yankees, principally. And so it, it strikes me that, you know, Americans are kind of easing into uh, this new world of vacations, coming up with old stories to explain these new destinations. But the railroad seems to kind of shuffle everything, doesn't it, Nathan? It does. It does. I mean, you have, you know, whole parts of the country that become accessible for the first time by virtue of the railroad in a kind of mass way. You know, so, you know, South Florida as a vacation place, you know, really becomes available in the 1890s. I mean, even the beach as a location at all is really hard for most people to get to. I mean, it's hard to think Mm -hmm. about now because so much of the country is on the coast. But for instance, if you lived in, you know, Manhattan somewhere or, you know, in one of these kind of ethnic neighborhoods in the 19 teens and 20s, trying to get to Long Island to go swimming was almost impossible. You know, the beach in in and of itself as a place is really kind of iconic in American vacation, you know, imagery, but it wasn't always even available for most Americans. So who lived on those beaches before they became vacation spots? <laughs> well, if you're looking at, you know, the areas in the Northeast, obviously you have a lot of people who are, you know, farming and using the areas around the coast for various kind of pastoral purposes. But in the South, where you had a large African-American population, you had a huge black population that actually had coastal property <laughs> because sandy land on, on the seaside in most instances was the worst place to grow crops. And so it was the worst land for African-Americans to, to use and to access. And it wasn't really until you see the kind of expansion of a beach-going culture, 1930s, 1940s, that African-Americans are now really in danger 
danger of being displaced from those same stretches of land. Wow. Yes, it turns out I was just in coastal South Carolina over the weekend, not for vacation, uh, let me hasten to add. <laughs> Which I was, I was going to ask I, you. Yeah. I was working, I was working the whole time, had no fun, but let the record also show, because I'm an honest guy, I did have one <laughs> awesome meal of shrimp and grits. That I so fun enjoyed. was involved. There was <laughs> yes, fun, fun involved. Fun point. was had. So... Uh, <laughs> But I, I did walk around, this is Beaufort, South Carolina, and read mm-hmm. the historic interpretation they had there. And it had the remarkable transformation of being one of the very poorest places in the United States in the 1930s to being sort of a tourist mecca in the 1940s and 50s. And the people who lost out were the African-American people who had occupied all the sea islands there ever since the days of slavery and then the very first days of the Civil War. So it sounds like you're telling an even larger story, Nathan. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the story of kind of beachfront development in the Southeast is largely a story of displacement, um, and it changes the meaning of vacation, the meaning of, the meaning of leisure. And for P- African-Americans who grew up in these places, I mean, m- me as somebody who grew up in South Florida, sometimes the last place I want to go is actually to the beach. <laughs> well, that's kind of funny. Growing up in the mountains of East Tennessee, vacation only meant one thing which was getting to the beach as fast as you could. Is that right? And, yeah. And for us, that only meant one place. There was only one place that was really cool, which is Myrtle Beach, oh. the Redneck Riviera, uh, it was called. <laughs> and it just felt like heaven to go there and massive amounts of miniature golf. And the idea in the late 50s, early 60s of getting fresh seafood it just blew our minds. <laughs> well, <laughs> we but let this. me ask a question, though. So, yeah. so both of you guys, did your families vacation a lot? No, 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 not really. But, but more than once. I think we went to Myrtle Beach three times, and that was okay. that was my childhood vacation experience. Well, as far as I can remember, there was one family vacation. We were not vacationing kind of Freemans, and there was no camp involved. You know, summer was like, now I shall be at home and play with toys. But there was one <laughs> summer where my dad wanted to go to visit his college town, which was Hanover, New Hampshire. So we drove up, and of course, my one memory... <laughs> Number one, I saw bunk beds for the first time, and that was exciting. Number two, I saw hammocks for the first time. That was really exciting. (laughs) Third part is my brother got sick on the way up in the car. (laughs) That is my memory of the only Freeman vacation. And somehow that sounds like a family vacation. (laughs) 